HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Heritage Radio Network On Tour. Today we're bringing you Inside the Slow Seed Summit, a conference hosted by Slow Food USA, presenting perspectives on food security, seed preservation and sovereignty, and community engagement. The conference took place between May 13th and 15th, 2022, and as media partners for the summit, we're excited to give you an inside look at key conversations. Enjoy this peek into the Slow Seed Summit. Welcome again to the second annual Slow Seed Summit. We're very excited to welcome a really dynamic range of speakers and topics today here. My name is Anna Moulet. I'm the executive director of Slow Food USA. And I'm really honored to present Samson and Eddie today um, in this opening keynote and to introduce the whole Seed Summit. So I just wanted to start off by talking about something I recently listened to. I listened to Finding the Mother Tree by Suzanne Simard and was really struck by the profound interconnections of the forest. So she told this one story of her research in British Columbia and how she learned that grizzly bears eat thousands of salmon during the spawning season, then leave the carcasses to decompose on the forest floor. The nitrogen from those carcasses are then pulled into the mycorrhizal network and provide nutrients to the trees. And this to me was such an amazing example of how bears, salmon, trees were all interconnected. This theme of interconnection and kinship is what you will see throughout the Slow Seed Summit. And this is why we believe, as Slow Food USA, we believe it's critical for voices around the world to participate. Um, seeds are connected to climate. Seeds are connected to health and also to systems of economics and politics and ultimately connected to liberation and justice for all. And so today we are talking about seed preservation and food security, the topic, the main theme of today. Tomorrow's focus is seed sovereignty, ethics and advocacy. And then on Sunday, we center women, seeds and community. We have a really amazing lineup of speakers from Poland, South Africa, um, East Africa, South America. I'm really excited for this, this lineup. And the question we're all asking is, how can we regenerate our climate, our health, and our connections with one another? 
Um, before I introduce our speakers, I want to give a deep bow of gratitude to our programming team, Mara Welton, Brian Solem, Sarah El Said, Melissa DeBillet, um, Carolina Modena, and some amazing South African leaders who came out um, just in the last few weeks and put together some really incredible um, sessions, bilingual sessions that we'll be hosting. Rita Moya, Carolina Alvarado, Esteban Tapia, Marcela Ramos. And then from my staff, Dion Jones, Dan Mueller, uh, Michelle DeMuzio, I thank you so much for helping out this weekend with tech and note-taking and all the things that go into making a virtual summit. Um, also a big shout out to our sponsors, Cultures of Resistance, Farmaid, the Cliff Bar Family Foundation, and to media sponsors, Civil Eats, Radi Heritage Radio Network, Food Print, and Food Tank. Thank you for helping us expand our audience. Okay, so I'm really pleased to introduce our two speakers. Um, we have Eddie Muchibi and Samson Guji. Eddie Muchibi lives and works in Uganda and is the vice president of Slow Food International. He is an agronomist, a food and agricultural educator, a social entrepreneur and executive director of Slow Food Uganda. He also played a pivotal role in the development of the Slow Food Gardens in Africa project. Throughout his career, he has focused his efforts on developing ecological and organic agriculture and food systems in both rural and urban contexts in Africa. He was named among the inaugural 50 Next List of People Shaping the Future of Gastronomy. Samson Nguji was born in Nakuru, Kenya. Samson uh, Kiro Nguji is a steering committee member of Slow Food Youth Network Global and a trained multiplier of Knowledge Center for Organic Agriculture in Eastern Africa. After graduating from the University of Gastronomic Sciences in Polenzo in 2014, he returned to Kenya where he coordinates the implementation of Presidia projects, farmer managed seed systems, slow food agroecological gardens and development of the slow food network in the country. Samson and Eddie, thank you so much for being here today and I will pass the mic to you two. Thank you, um, thank you, Anna. Um, if uh, there is any background noise, uh, sorry uh, for the background noise, I'll try to be as audible as possible. I'm really happy to see uh, this big attendance, to see you all joining us. And uh, I, I, I would like to start by uh, sharing a story, uh, that a personal story that connects me um, uh, to Seed and also my family. I come from a family of farmers. I'm a farmer myself, even if I'm trained as an agronomist, but I was a farmer before that. And uh, since I was young, Every time I went to visit my uh, uh, great-grandmother, um, she would take us to the field. She would take us around to, the, to her garden, and she would pick specific uh, seeds every time we could visit her. She would pick specific crops. And uh, as we are leaving, as we are uh, walking back to um, my parents' farm, she would uh, get one of uh, each, each one of us should get the hand and put uh, a few seeds in your right hand, like five uh, uh, or 10 or even less. She would put a few seeds in your right hand and say, go and plant and live and connect with the land. And she would say it in our local dialect and she would tell you, this is the life, this is the future. So this made me so much connected to the seeds. It's a, it's a very emotional story because she's no more, but the tradition continues 
in our family. The tradition continues with my grandmother, with my mother-in-law. Every time I, 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 I go for a visit, even with my children, I get seeds to plant. And these seeds connect me to the land. They remind me why we live. They remind me why we need to protect the local seed systems. They I, I, I always talk to uh, to, to, to my children, I always talk to the people around me and I say, these seeds, the foundation of my farm came from our family tradition of sharing seeds. That is what it means to connect to the local seed systems. So even today, uh, I've shared quite a lot of seeds from my mother, from my mother-in-law. And um, uh, the, the last time I, I received a lot of seeds from her, um, uh, from my great-grandmother, I multiplied these local corn seeds of different colors and I got around uh, 40 pounds uh, of um, uh, seed that I drove around the country giving these seeds to the communities, to the people, because this seed is actually no more in the country. So I got a chance to distribute this seed. So it's really, uh, 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 this story brings out the real meaning of seed in our community. The seed we see does not only mean um, an asset, uh, as, fun, uh, as uh, companies see it. it, it doesn't mean an asset or just a factor of production which you put in the land and you get products that you take to the market or that you put on your plate. It means much, much more than that. For us, uh, in, uh, for many communities, for me and many other communities, seed is a sign of prosperity. It's a sign of growth. You get these seeds, you grow them, you grow with these seeds in your area. Seeds can only be, in, in some places, seeds can only be shared with people who, can, who have the, the, the capacity to manage uh, a growing system, the capacity to manage a living system. So once you get these seeds shared with you, you should be proud of yourself that somebody is seeing a future in you. Somebody is seeing uh, prospects in you and you should go grow these seeds and keep sharing these seeds. The more you share the seeds, the more you grow, the more the system grows, the more uh, uh, the, the community grows. Seed is also a sign of social well-being of many communities. A community that loses access to its own seed systems a community that loses its own seed um, is considered to be in trouble, is considered to be not progressing, not prospering, not, it's considered to be in a, in a bad state. So in many cases, people will share seeds with a community where the social well-being is deteriorating because losing your seeds meaning, means losing your social well-being. Seed like land, if you have seed, you're considered to be progressive, you're considered to be uh, in, a, in a good social state. And um, uh, this is the pride which many, many uh, uh, communities carry when they talk about themselves. When communities, people introduce themselves from communities, they normally include the fact that they grow their own seeds. They have their own seeds. They manage their own farming systems. Like I said yeah, in, the, in the first words before, seed is a sign of life. If uh, life needs to continue, if we need to continue regenerating the food system, if we need to continue um, growing communities, uh, if, we need co to co if we need to continue growing life 
in different agroecosystems, seed must be there. Losing seed means losing life. Uh, this is what seed means to many, many of the community. It's a sign of survival. It's a means of survival. It's a sign of rebirth. Sometimes when you lose seeds, for example, if you plant and there is a very bad uh, climatic situation and you lose all your seeds, you seek seeds from the neighbors or from the neighboring community. And you, it, communities consider that as a sign of rebirth. So a, 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 the garden has been reborn. The community has been reborn. And this is a sign of regeneration. Growing your own seeds, keep some seeds for, for, for a season and replanting these seeds it's a sign of new life that has come to, to the area. So um, with these notions and explanations and also uh, beliefs about the different seeds, communities have always strived to preserve their own seed. Communities have always protected local seed biodiversity. They have always created systems through which uh, seeds can be recycled, can be selected, can be uh, uh, protected as well as distributed within an open system, within a system that guarantees everyone's access to this source of life, everyone's access to this source of social and economic well-being of the many uh, traditional societies. So this uh, struggle by communities has gone on since uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, seeds start where first used in the agricultural landscape over 10,000 years ago. It has been going on uh, like that. Today, the most unfortunate thing is that seed has become a very important and a hot debate when it comes to uh, discussing the future of food and agriculture. These debates never happened before because it's not because we have just realized the importance of seeds. It's not because seed has just become important in the communities, but because of the growing uh, uh, increase, uh, uh, seeds are becoming increasingly important subject in our debates today. Um, not because we have not uh, we have just recognized that it's important, but mainly because there are a few industrial uh, individual companies that think that, uh, and they are trying to make seeds their economic right and taking away the social, uh, um, uh, uh, the social economic as well as the uh, other uh, human rights of the communities to, to, to own these seeds and also share these seeds um, uh, frequent, uh, uh, as they wish. Uh, this tendency of the big corporations, of the big uh, uh, companies to uh, um, control the seed and take them as their economic right and their economic asset is at the expense of millions of the communities uh, 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 to whom the local seed systems is a human right and also it's the only means of survival. Maintaining the local seed systems in many communities is the only means of survival because these people have protected the seeds, and they cannot all the time go back to the market and beg for new seeds and um, uh, uh, become slaves to the seed companies who decide which seed to put on the market. Farmers uh, have always protected these seeds, but it's very unfortunate that it's becoming 
very, very, um, uh, it's becoming a, a, a very important economic asset to the big corporations. This economy, uh, the, the, the monopolization of seats and also the uh, um, take, uh, taking of seats to be a, a part of the agribusiness world is taking away the many, many meanings of seed and only reducing the importance of seed to just an economic asset. So it's, uh, it's really important uh, to understand also um, that in the tendency of uh, these companies making seeds, their economic assets, there are many laws that come up to criminalize the local seed systems, to criminalize the actions of my great grandmother sharing seeds with me, to criminalize my actions of moving around the country, sharing seeds with the rest of the, of the communities that would like to regain access to the local and, uh, and traditional seed. So we have to be uh, uh, very, very, very careful with this system. Another important thing is uh, to understand is that seed has become an important tool in the, geo uh, in, in, in the spheres of geopolitics today. Uh, the North and South relationships are so much rotating around seed. The seed in the global South and the role of seed in, uh, and the, the, the view of seed in the companies in the global North. There has been quite, in the, in the recent years, there has been quite a lot of influence of the big corporations from the global North, one, uh, who, which want to take over the, the, the seed systems in the global South. This comes in many, many different ways. First of all, it comes through uh, 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 direct foreign investments in agriculture. These are sometimes promoted by the bilateral uh, collaborations where companies come to invest in agricultural inputs in the country, but with the intention of uh, uh, killing the local seed systems and promoting the seed systems, which can generate huge amounts of income to the big corporations. This is driven by the greed of the corporations, which come with, um, uh, under the counter deals to the, to the governments in the global south, because they see a very big prospect and because they take advantage of the corruption that is eating up so many governments in the global south, they propose laws, they propose policies which criminalize the local seed systems, which take away the right of communities to own and manage their own seed systems and create these policy environments that bind communities to the greed of these, uh, of these companies. This is systematically made. It's, it's, it's made systematically through the different policies and laws. We've just seen the new uh, seed law in Kenya being launched. It's not that, the government, uh, not, or not that all the government officials in this country want to pass this law, but it's sometimes the pressure from the global north because they see a fertile ground to manage the African seed systems. Uh, they end up, um, coming up with uh, uh, these policies and laws which take away the rights of indigenous and local seeds, uh, communities to manage and uh, preserve their own seeds. So um, looking at these kind of uh, investment deals, they, are, they do not only look at 
uh, of focus on seeds. They also focus on land. La uh, seed and land, they go hand in hand because these are very, very important aspects in the survival of indigenous and local uh, food communities. So it's, it's important as we are discussing seeds, we also discuss the connection to the land. So companies come with intentions of taking away the, 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 the rights to land as well as the rights to seed. This is the perfect way of creating a neocolonialistic tendency which we have fought for so many years and which we still fight. So it's really important to understand that the, 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 the global south is under pressure from the global north because these companies, sometimes these companies get a lot of financial backing from the government in the global north. And they get a lot of uh, uh, um, legal backing from international financial institutions. So they come and uh, parade themselves as investors, but the most important thing is to take the rights of communities uh, uh, such that communities can become uh, slaves to the seed system that is created only for the economic gain of these companies. It's uh, the most affected people, even in, 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 the, in the, uh, the most affected people are the indigenous peoples, the local communities, but also even in the global north, there are policies which affect the most marginalized communities, the people of color, the, 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 the native people. They are also victims of this system, which cuts across the north and the south, but also within the north and the north. There are people who are affected. It's not only in the uh, north-south relationships but also it's in, uh, it, it comes in way of one big, uh, 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 like one big and powerful group of people pushing uh, another less ad advantaged group of people even further, such that this, um, these companies can exercise power, control uh, over the less advantaged groups out, uh, as a, uh, uh, by taking away the, 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 the right to seed and the right to land. So this creates an, uh, a, a wider uh, uh, gap when it comes to social and economic equity, when it comes to access to food, when it uh, comes to access to uh, 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 basic uh, means of survival. So all these things which criminalize local seed systems and also which take away um, the, 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 my right to share the seeds and also my uh, family uh, um, ritual to share seeds. Uh, they create this criminal environment and also they try to depict the local seed systems as less efficient, as uh, primitive, as uh, 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 against the, the, the economic progress of the nations. And um, uh, it makes me really afraid if we don't act, this is going to spread so widely. It's going to spread so widely that everyone is, is going to become a victim. Today, if I, uh, I traveled to Kenya, if, if, I, if, I, if I grew up in Kenya and I lived in Kenya with my great grandmother, with my grandmother and my mother-in-law, today I would not be able to do the same ritual which we do almost every beginning of the rain season when we visit our parents because it's becoming a criminal offense to share seeds. This is 
purely against the, uh, the right of communities to feed themselves. It's against the right of communities to practice the agriculture which they want. So we need to, uh, to stand up strong. As I conclude, it's all our responsibility, wherever we are. Let's observe these economic deals, which are done, uh, the bilateral deals done between the, 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 the nations. It's, it's very, very important that we observe these deals. Sometimes we are in the global south, we are excited about receiving investors, but these investors come with hidden motives to recolonize the communities, to disorganize the communities, to take away the right of the communities to sustain themselves. Again, you look at in, in some of uh, uh, other things which we need to watch is the aid that come from the global north. In many cases, this aid come with uh, uh, in-kind contributions to promote to, 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 uh, to African countries. Some of the in-kind, part of the in-kind contributions are fat, uh, agricultural inputs, including fertilizers, including seeds, which are actually produced in the north, and they are promoted and marketed uh, to be planted in the global south. Some of these seeds include the corn, the vegetables, uh, um, uh, and many other, uh, the pulses and many other uh, seed varieties. We need to be very, very careful and uh, watchful uh, about this. It's important for all of us to maintain a very strong position against this criminalization of local, uh, of people's seeds uh, and local seed systems and uh, the traditional practices. Um, if we talk about uh, uh, the quality and the future of food, the quality of food starts with seed and, and its production. So is the right to food. It's, it also starts with the right to seeds and seed, so, uh, and, and seed sovereignty for many, many communities. We cannot pretend to care about communities uh, um, disadvantaged uh, or um, uh, less privileged communities if we don't care about their seed and their food systems. So we need to care about seeds and seed systems uh, if we need everyone to have access to good, clean and fair food. That is why Slow Food as a grassroots network, which combines uh, and brings all of us together, demands respect for local and traditional seed systems. We need to demand this respect. Even if there are government deals, even if there are policies that are coming up, we, they need to respect local and traditional food systems. We need to safeguard local seeds through voluntary and free registration of farmer varieties. Farmers need to register their varieties without being harassed or being uh, dis, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, their varieties being taken away from them. We need to promote freedom of exchange and, share, uh, 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 and sharing seeds with respect to quality and phytosanitary hygiene. So these are things which have always been considered important in the communities. So uh, uh, we, uh, as Slow Food, we guarantee seed sovereignty as a way of promoting social equity, sustainable road development, and access to good, clean, and fair food. So. Seed sovereignty is the only way we can uh, guarantee access to good, clean, and fair food at all times. We need to scrutinize the local laws and policies. Every one of us have a, a role to play in uh, uh, scrutinizing the, the laws and policies and resist which, those which criminalize our uh, food systems. So uh, we must use uh, 
um, our grassroots strength to raise the voices uh, of the, the people who matter and also support local initiatives, like the ones which uh, uh, the, uh, my colleague Samson is uh, um, going to share with you. So we need to strengthen these uh, uh, kind of initiatives and it's all our uh, responsibility to work together to build a strong resistance against the criminalization of local seed systems, against the deals which take away the farmers' rights to manage their own seeds. And then with that, we shall have good, clean, and fair food for all, and we can attain food security, which we all desire. Thank you for listening. I'll let um, uh, Anna, I'll go back to, uh, take it back to Anna to invite Samson to uh, continue with the remaining part. Thank you, Eddie. Um, your, your talk really highlights to me how joy and justice need to live together, right? You started with this amazing story of your mother sharing seeds, and then at the end talking about these um, neo-colonialistic policies that actually embed injustice into our systems. And I like what you say that it's not just a global North versus South issue, but within the United States on Turtle Island here, we have policies that take land away from black farmers, from Native American um, communities. And I think what you ended with, like, we need to care about these issues. We need to care about seeds and seed sovereignty. So thank you so much for queuing up the conversation with these really important topics. Samson, I wanna hand it over to you um, and to hear more about what's happening in Kenya. Thank you so much, Anna. I, I hope that uh, you can hear me. I hope that I'm audible enough. Loud and clear. And yeah, and I think Eddie has really shared lots of very important um, issues pertaining uh, seeds on the global stage. And I think I'll, um, for now I'm going to share about um, uh, the state of seeds in Kenya. And I would like to talk about Kenya because uh, in East Africa and, and, and Africa, um, majority of the, of, of the, of the countries uh, share the same kind of uh, uh, state. And therefore, I would like to say that, um, uh, to actually say that seeds uh, safeguard our agricultural heritage and the agrobiodiversity. And this is actually the soil we talk about uh, for agriculture. And again, we say that uh, nature um, made seeds available to us and uh, this is irrespective of the economic, uh, of people's economic standing. And uh, uh, this actually uh, the reason as to why communities uh, need to freely have access to, um, uh, have uh, a free access to the seeds. Uh, and in Kenya, we have uh, two different kinds of sectors, uh, seed sectors, and here we have what we call the commercial seed sectors. Uh, that actually many people call it a uh, formal seed sector. And to us here, the seed sector consists of seed companies and other people call it seed merchants who, uh, who actually uh, produce the seeds in Kenya and who can actually, uh, again, uh, import seeds and pack them um, in a centralized place and they are made available to people. And uh, again, uh, pertaining this particular sector, uh, breeding, production, and marketing of seeds are strictly regulated by um, a department in Kenya that we call KEFIS, that means Kenya Plant Health Inspectorate Service. And out of these, 
uh, there are a number of stakeholders that actually work together with, uh, with CAFIS. And one of them is the Plant Breeders of Kenya that actually protects the, the breeders uh, um, the, and, and they actually protect the, 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 the seeds as the um, intellectual, intellectual property. Again, we have, and then again, we have Trade Association of Kenya. And then again, we have Seed Stockists and Seed Growers as well. Uh, in the informal uh, system of uh, Seed System, uh, we have, uh, I think Eddie has also mentioned about this, and these actually what we always call here the uh, the farmers managed uh, seed system, and these actually this has actually um, existed uh, before our independence that we attained in 1963, and uh, this particularly for the small scale farmers who who have who have always exchanged uh, indigenous seeds uh, seeds and knowledge and actually uh, the, the skills pertaining to them. These farmers uh, uh, source uh, these seeds uh, from what they have saved. And also, again, there is farmer to farmer exchange. That is what is extended um, among the neighbors. And also, the seeds are accessed from the local market, uh, where these farmers can buy the grains and all sorts of seeds as seed to go and, um, and actually plant. And we say that uh, here in Kenya, actually, uh, an estimate of all crops cultivated in Kenya, 78% of seeds used uh, comes from informal seeds sources. So you can see that these, um, uh, these informal uh, seeds management uh, uh, that, that has always been done by farmers and communities uh, since time immemorial has been playing a very important role uh, in Kenya. Uh, this sector again ensures food security and farmers' sovereignty. You know, farmers can grow whatever they want at any time and whatever seed they would like to grow for their food and also for exchanges and also for doing butter trade with the feral farmers or feral neighbors. And these actually, in spite of the importance of this sector, Kenya laws do not favor, uh, do not actually favor it, but often criminalize it as illegal. And we have bottlenecks uh, facing farmers' managed seed system in Kenya. And I think this, again, that just like I said, uh, cuts across the, the, the whole continent and also other countries in, uh, in, uh, at the global level. And the first one is the monopoly by large multinational seeds and chemi uh, uh, chemical cooperatives. And I think this, again, Eddie mentioned about it. And we have many formal uh, seed organizations that have taken on global trading perspective and the multinational chemical com uh, companies that have uh, bought into the seed sector for them to actually diversify their product base and capitalize on the seed sector. This monopoly over um, the seed denies the common uh, farmer the freedom to access and use their genetic uh, heritage, which is seed. And I think just like Eddie mentioned, uh, we woke up uh, to um, very shocking news that uh, soon uh, farmers will not be in a position to be sharing, to be selling, and also to be exchanging seeds uh, when these new laws uh, uh, are actually um, right. 
diversified. And therefore, again, we have legal and regulatory frameworks on seed trade. And here, uh, Kenya ratified uh, the, the EUPOV law. Uh, and and uh, this, is, this actually means International Convention for the Protection of New Varieties uh, Plants Convention. That was in 1991. And domesticated its provision through the Seeds and Plants Varieties Act. One of the peculiarities of this EUPOV convention is that it is a ready re registration and most member states, including Kenya, adopted its provision as they are with minimal or no, or no amendments. Uh, among the provisions adopted by the, by the Seeds and Plant uh, Varieties Act are the provisions related to the uh, distinctiveness, uniformity, and, uh, and stability, what we call DOOS, uh, test for the registration of plants to award breeders' rights. Uh, and again, again, the, th the third uh, bottleneck that has actually been affecting the, um, the, the informal uh, seed sector is about the theft of farmers' varieties and lack of recognition for farmers' varieties. They know that uh, food crop varieties, especially the ones developed the, the, by the subsistence farmers, uh, have new and distinctive characteristics, but they are ordinarily heterogeneous and less adaptable uh, and, and less stable. But Varieties Act requires a variety uh, to be not only new and distinctive, but also uniform and stable, of which uh, when it comes to us is not the, uh, the case because we believe in biodiversity and we believe in, um, in diversity of these uh, seeds and crops. These, uh, these realities make most farmers' varieties in, ineligible to join the super varieties list, allowed to trade legally. In this case, most farmers' varieties end up in wrong hands, privatized and patented by individuals. Lack of recognitions and protections under the law of farmers' varieties has created a, uh, an avenue for theft by breeders and a commercial uh, interest. And... Um, what I would like uh, again to share is about the funding for the characterization and registration. This has not been easy uh, and not, no uh, ordinary farmer or group of farmer can be in a position to do the registration and commercialization for, uh, for, for, the, for, for these seeds because it is very expensive. The process of variety registration and commercialization is both expensive and technically out of reach for the majority who would uh, have wanted to join the seed business and government is not funding protections and even crop registration. The resources are not even directed to the public uh, sectors for it to register seeds and this actually has been a very uh, big drawback uh, for the communities that we're dealing with and for, for, for the farmers that we deal with day in day out. And uh, uh, um, apart from all these issues that, uh, that are affecting uh, the, the the issues of saving and sharing and exchanging seeds. Uh, Slow Food Kenya has, has had some, some of the interventions to make sure that at least these things are able to be handled uh, properly. And one of them we have been, what we have been doing is raising awareness through seeds and food affairs with like-minded organization. We have been doing this to make sure that at least people we, uh, uh, um, get to know about different varieties of indigenous seeds that, we, that our mother had uh, gave us since time immemorial. And with this again, farmers are able to exchange. And again, we are able to bring, um, to bring these people in the government who are actually 
um, making, uh, uh, who are actually making things hard for the farmers to exchange and to save seeds. And therefore, we are able to engage with them at, at that platform. And again, we are able to see how we can actually um, save these farmers uh, so that we can continue to save seeds. We have had uh, community seed banks or seed libraries establishments. And thanks to um, the collaborations that we have had with um, uh, culture, Cultures of Resistance, Slow Food USA, and Agroecology Fund, who have, or who have actually helped uh, Slow Food Kenya to be in a position to uh, establish seed banks, to, to actually do trainings, bringing on board um, uh, the guys, you know, we can refer them, I think, the bad guys over here. But uh, again, to make sure that they understand and also they, are, they come together with, the, with, the, with these communities so that they can be in a position to understand um, how important these seeds are to our communities. Like another thing, uh, we, have, we have had a collaboration with the University of Pavia for quite some time now. And what we are doing, we are working on issues to do with the seed conservation, using what we call the seed gel and also making sure that farmers are able to have sorry, uh, are able to have these seeds whenever they need them and in good condition. Uh, generally, uh, that's what we, uh, that's, uh, that's all about um, uh, what we are doing and uh, that's what we are going through as, um, as a country. And I think, the, uh, like I said at the beginning, this is what many African countries are suffering from. And what, we, uh, what I can say uh, lastly, is that there is need to recognize the farmers managed seed system, just like the commercialized seed system. This will avoid the criminalization uh, of the practice of farmers saving and sharing seeds uh, they have had over time. Uh, that's all, um, Anna. And thank, thank you, you so for much, listening Samson. to me. Thank you, Samson yeah. and Eddie, to you both for spending your Friday evening with us. And I see the sun gradually setting behind you, but. Um, you know, the, this picture you're painting here of how policies is so connected with the everyday reality of seeds and the important work that you're doing with the community seed banks is such a critical, um, such critical work that you're doing. So I just, I, I'm, I'm blown away with the work that you're doing. I put um, your Facebook link in the chat so people can follow and see some photos, but thank you for being here and thank you for your work. That's so important and inspiring for the rest of us. Um, I am looking at the time and I just wanna um, wrap up here, but I, I think Samson, you've provided a really nice segue into our next session actually, which is Seed Libraries Powered by Community. Um, and so stick around in 20 minutes at, at noon Eastern, we're going to hear from um, Nathan Liu from Slow Food San Diego, Vanessa Black in South Africa, Daniel Wanjama uh, with Seed Savers in Kenya and Jerusha Klumper um, will be facilitating that conversation. Um, later today, after that, we have a video about seed mapping. We have a session called Seeds in the Wild, Responsible Harvesting in Your Neighborhood, which I'm really excited about. That will be with Nikki Brighton, Linda Black Elk, Anna Maria Ruminska, and Twilight Greenaway. Um, and lastly, um, kind of a late add to our uh, agenda, but something I'm really excited about will be a bilingual session called Free and Living Seeds for Our Food Sovereignty focusing on um, South America um, leaders.
Thank you so much, Eddie and Samson, for joining us today. Thank you, everyone, for participating in our keynote session. And we will see you in about 15 minutes. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.